Okay, here for the round table, and we got the usual crew here. We got Matt Samet, Mike Mills, Kevin Corrigan, Lindsey Westcott. Welcome back, everybody. So let's start off. Anybody got any spray they'd like to share? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Has any, anybody been climbing at all? <laughs> Yeah, I've been climbing a lot outside. Um, uh, here's some spray. So one of Colorado's rock gyms is reopening up in Fort Collins. Whetstone Gym is opening this week. Um, and you have to, so I signed up to go. I need to test the new La Sportiva Theory rock shoes, which are made for gym bouldering. So uh -huh. clearly I need to go to a gym and go bouldering. Um, so I've made my reservation to climb there tomorrow. You can reserve you're climbing in two hour blocks and then um, they're only letting 75 people into the gym at a time. So I reserved my spot and then I think you can extend your stay, but it looks like you can go on, you can climb. You have to wear a mask when you're not climbing and there's like six foot separation zones. So people aren't on top of each other. Um, That's smart. Yeah. So I don't know. I figured I'd give it a shot. I looked and not that many other people reserved for the time slot when I'm going tomorrow anyway. So I don't think it'll be a problem running into people, but I don't know. I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to see gyms reopening, trying to figure this out and trying to put safety measures in place. And I don't really feel like I'm going to be any more vulnerable there to catching the virus than I would be like, a, I mean, way less than at a grocery store. So I don't know. We'll see. So that's my spray. I guess our gym here up in town is going to open. I think it opens today. The like weightlifting part has been open, but the climbing gym is going to open. And I guess the big hold up with that was we now have a liquid chalk dispenser. Cool. Um, wow. So free liquid chalk, I guess, or you have to put your little penny in or something. Um, <laughs> but I guess, I guess that's to reduce the particulate in the air in theory to kind of keep, keep the virus down. I don't know. So we'll see how that goes, but yeah, complimentary liquid chalk with your quarantine climbing. I know. That's kind of, yeah, hopefully they don't jack your rates. I guess you could go in there with like a little empty container and just fill it with liquid chalk. <laughs> Yeah, my little rubber, my little rubber made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm a heavy. toilet paper. I'm coming in for the gym from a, for the toilet paper and liquid chalk, basically. Liquid so. chalk. Yeah, that's why you're paying your, your membership. Does the liquid chalk have enough alcohol in it to kill the virus? That's what I said, but I think that wasn't the point. I think it was so you're not like sending like chalk clouds of Corona around. Yeah. So you're, yeah. yeah. There, there's been some writing done that that suggests it's not enough to kill the virus, okay. but who knows? Friction I, labs I don't think anyone's up. officially tested it in a scientific way. Yeah, you would. Friction Labs is coming up with a new formula, or maybe they did. That's like more like 80% alcohol or something. I think in response to this. So, I uh, I found a new zone which I've been exploring. So that's my spray, but we haven't found much climbing there yet. <laughs> Uh, I saw my, my wife and I went hiking this one day. We found this trail that was like not on any maps. So we're like, cool, we won't see any people here. We got up to the top of this ridge and a half mile away across the canyon, I saw this amazing looking overhang. And I was like, I got to figure out how to get there. Uh, and I did. Uh, and the overhang turned out to maybe not be that cool because there's not, there's no holds on it from what I can see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but immediately getting to that area, my buddy and I found this cool 510 trad route that we climbed right away. Uh, so we got all psyched, like, oh, there's going to be a ton of climbing up here. 
we started hiking around uh, and we found a lot of really low angle rock. Uh, so not much climbing so far, but I think if I keep exploring, there might be like a root or a boulder or two that's worthwhile. Nice. So, well, Lindsay, did you have anything you wanted to share? You're good? I have. I still have not really been climbing regularly, just the occasional trip up to Lander, um, but no projects, no fins. I just feel real weak. Yeah, me too. I'm feeling pretty weak and pretty unmotivated. Yeah. Um, the next thing I wanted to go into is our first topic, kind of being, you know, how you know the climbing community is reacting to all of this civil unrest and covid you know there's a lot going on here in the united states right now and for me i found that it's really hard for me to motivate um on projects on getting outside i don't you know maybe that's something that's personal but i have also noticed on social media people complaining about people uh, posting photos of them climbing in beautiful locations when so many people are struggling right now and the country is going through such a difficult time. Be interested if any of you have a, an opinion about that, you know, if climbing's helping you get through it. Um, if you're like me and it's just hard to motivate, um, we'd love to, you know, hear from you. I think for me, it's really hard to be motivated when I don't have. Um, a routine and can figure out goals and set, you know, just check marks for myself along the way. And like not having that routine and having so much uncertainty makes it very hard to even want to climb <laughs> right now sometimes. Um, but then, yeah, it's odd being like kind of in your own bubble. Like over the weekend, I didn't know what was going on until like got home Sunday night. Um, so yeah, it's an odd privilege thing. Um, really hard to put words to right now. I, I think it's valid to uh, not, I don't know, what am I trying to say? I feel like I'm almost being irresponsible if I go out to climb when there's all these people that are working hard to try and, you know, reduce uh, police violence and help everyone's civil rights. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's kind of a false thing that you're not going to be protesting 100% of the time. And if you're not protesting, it doesn't matter how you're spending your time. Like going climbing isn't any worse than sitting on your phone and making yourself crazy. So I don't think there's anything wrong with climbing and people should also be doing things. They should be protesting and donating money and et cetera. Um, I don't know how I feel about the social media thing. I'm kind of up in the air. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm kind of, I mean, I'm fortunate to live in a remote place with many remote areas to rock climb. So social distancing is not really an issue for me. I'm not choosing to post on social media just to be sensitive to it. I think a level of tact just, I mean, there's one way to like post on social media and then there's another way and I'm just choosing kind of to stay out of it. I think that's a better way to go about it. Now, if people are posting and they're like super psyched on something they found in the middle of nowhere, it's a cool project. I kind of like looking at it selfishly just because it's just a little bit of back to normal. So. 
I mean, I don't know if it's the right thing to do or not, but it is kind of nice to see that in other parts of the world, life does go on when there's so much kind of terrible stuff happening. So, I don't know. Yeah, what about the George Floyd, Black Lives Matter um, thing going on right now? I mean, is that something that you think our community should be more involved in and have more dialogue about? Um, or does it seem inappropriate to speak about it in our climbing community and should be dealt with more with our like local larger communities? Um, anyone have an opinion there? I don't know if it's specifically a rock climbing community issue, but everyone that's part of the rock climbing community is also part of the general population. So, you know, this, this stuff affects everyone. Uh, and as a writer and a, as a someone who works in the media, I, I think it's really alarming to see violent police actions against peaceful protesters, uh, which is happening, you know, right down the street from us in Denver. I think anything along those lines threatens our freedom of speech, and uh, that should be concerning to anyone who who works in media and anyone who is a human being, really. Yeah. I'm definitely seeing a lot more professional athletes commenting on this than I have, you know, other protests in the past or pretty much anything, um, you know, with any civil unrest or political um, narrative. So it's nice to see that our community is becoming um, more involved and, and less insular which I think, you know, is something that we've dealt with in the past where we all kind of just like to get out and climb and don't really deal with some of the, um, the issues that we need to be dealing with as a larger community. Yeah, I, I think I've been seeing a lot more people than usual within the climate community going to protests and posting about it on Instagram and encouraging people to do their part. And that's awesome to see. Uh, and that helps spread the message to more people. Like, you know, one of the things I saw this weekend was the photographer and filmmaker Lane Mathis, who uh, climbs with a buddy of mine, showed up to the protest in Denver to shoot photos. And within five minutes, he was seeing people getting tear gassed and other awful things. And, and him spreading that message on Instagram is one of the ways I learned about it. Yeah, and I saw Friction yeah. posted an Instagram um, you know, photo Black Lives Matter. And I think you're going to start to see a lot more companies taking a stance, um, which we've seen in other areas as well, like environmentally and, and uh, socially. Um, it's nice to see the brands are becoming more vocal. Yeah, being a photographer and knowing plenty of photographers, it seems, uh, I mean, again, I live out in the middle of nowhere. There's it's not really as there's no really there's no cities and there's not really any protests here um but my friends in new york philly la chicago they're all whether they're in the outdoor industry as photographers or not they've kind of switched gears and are now focusing on documenting that so i've kind of thought about that dealt with that it's like should i be doing more should i go get in the truck and go start photographing that i mean we're also now in like quarantine time right so like is it wrong to hop in the truck and drive across the world? So yeah, there's that. But I would say 
photographers, at least from my standpoint, have kind of switched if they are nearby and if they are staying local are um, documenting kind of, unfortunately, what's unfolding, unfolding around them. So, Yeah, my friend Irene Yee was at the protest in Las Vegas, and she's definitely documenting that uh, down there as well. All right. Anyone else have any thoughts? It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, we're on to guess that gram. And um, this is the social unrest guess that gram. Um, you know, speaking about the pro athletes, you know, being more vocal. I found a bunch of uh, athletes here who have commented either on uh, coronavirus um, or the George Floyd uh, shooting. And um, that's the topic of this guest this grant. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. One sec. I just got to get my worksheets here so I can tally score and actually get it right this time. Well, we'll see if I get it right. Okay, so the first one. And these are going to be a little bit longer, so bear with me here. These were some uh, longer captions, and I, uh, I felt it would be good to uh, go through the whole caption. So here we go. Do you sit back and do nothing? Let injustice happen and say it didn't apply to you? Do you decide to not take a side in fear of being isolated by the side you take a stance against? Do you, do you decide not getting involved means you can be better liked, neutral? Or do you decide to stand up and say something isn't okay? Do you use your voice and say, that's enough? If it's the latter, good for you. Because you have the depth and courage and a system of values that tells you stand up for what you believe in is right. It's not okay to just sit back and say that something disgusting happening to innocent people doesn't affect you. It affects all of us in taking a stance and standing up for others. And standing up for your values means that you care. Staying silent is a privilege. Use the privilege you have. Use the voice you have. Speak up. Get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Recognize that we need to defend each other. We are all part of this, responsible. And we need to be willing to take action, to recognize what is and, what, um, and work together in changing. Systematic racism needs to end. We create the world we live in. So was that Sierra Blair Coyle, Sasha DeGillian, or Emily Harrington? Okay, Lindsay, we're going to start with you. Um, I said Sasha DeJulian. Okay, Corrigan? Emily Harrington. Okay. Who you got, Matt? I said Emily Harrington. All right. And Mike? I'm going to go with Emily. Well, you guys should have listened to Lindsay. She knew who it was. It was uh, Sasha. Good job, Lindsay. <laughs> Good job, Sasha. <laughs> yeah. OK, number two. I grew up feeling that humanity was heading in a good direction. Poverty, equality, justice, and environmental degradation were being addressed and slowly improving because of ingenuity um, of the human mind. 
we were heading towards an increasingly utopian future. Right now, I don't feel that way. I'm heartbroken and disappointed. The only way I can think of is to turn us back around, is to harness the pain and let it create action. I'm proud of all those that are speaking out and creating this culture of change. To me, this is an act of love. So is advocating for climate policy. So is not traveling and wearing a mask. And today, love our fellow humans is about social justice. There comes a time when silence is betrayal, quote by Martin Luther King Jr. Was that Alex Honnold, Jordan Cannon, or Tommy Caldwell? Okay, we'll start with you, Mike. I don't know, Tommy? Okay, let's see here. And then I got Matt, you're next. Alex Honnold? <laughs> okay, Kevin. Uh, I'm going with Tommy. Okay, and Lindsay? Uh, I'm gonna go with Tommy Caldwell. All right. Matt, you're falling behind here, buddy. It was Tommy Caldwell. Sorry, I have not been reading Instagram, apparently. Okay, we forgive you. Thank you. Okay, all right. So, as an ER nurse, I know how valuable PPE is right now. My coworkers and I have been saving our masks because we only get one per shift. I have three N95 masks on the dash of my van. Scared I won't be able to protect myself soon. Outdoor Research is in a great position as an innovative outdoor brand to produce masks, and that's what they are doing. They will ramp up their mask production to 200,000 by the beginning of June. This is one of the many reasons I'm proud to be an outdoor research ambassador. Is it Nick Berry, Juliana Price, or Ben Ruick? And we are gonna start with Lindsay this time. Oh gosh. Oh wait, no, we're starting with, <laughs> well, oh yeah, we'll start with you, Lindsay. You already started with me once. Start with someone else. <laughs> well, I'm going to, okay, we'll start with Samet. Ben Ruick. Okay, and then we'll go to Kevin Corrigan. I'm going Nick Barry. Okay, and then we're gonna go to Mike. It's Nick. <laughs> Very confident. Okay, and uh, Lindsay? I'll also say Nick. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and it was Wait a minute, because she could listen and then, oh, well, anyway. <laughs> I, that's why she wants. She doesn't want to go first. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Okay. <laughs> Smart. Okay. Let's see the leaderboard here. We got Lindsay with three points, Kevin with two points, Matt got the goose egg, and Mike's got two points. Don't I have minus three? No, you're not. You oh, I don't get penalized. Question. Okay. Right. That's right. Which you might need the bonus question. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. Clearly. <laughs> Not on, not on fire today. Not on fire. Okay. Um, number four. I've seen a sentiment throughout my feed. Silence sides with oppression. Silence is violence. I don't hate the sentiment, but wow, is that a load of shit. Racism is not homogeneous. I look at my circle. Who am I trying to persuade? Almost every vocal voice share similar ideas. And I'm proud of that. I know not all communities are the same. But from what I've seen in my little world, we don't need social justice. These injustices are institutional. They're outside of us. It makes me wonder what real action we can take. 
because I'm sorry to say words on Instagram aren't near enough. Is it Sean Bailey, Daniel Woods, or Ethan Pringle? I can only imagine what kind of response that got. <laughs> yeah, posted on Instagram. I, I wanna I wanna guess without the choices. Okay. Oh wait, you already went you already listed the choices. Like, yeah, that's right. cheating. Yeah. Andrew goes <laughs> last. Okay, we're gonna start with. I'll guess uh, first. All right. Don't guess. You're last, Corey. Okay, Mike. Who do you <laughs> got? Uh, I'm gonna go Pringle. Okay. And then we're gonna go to Lindsay. I'm gonna say Daniel Woods. Okay. And then we're gonna go to Samit. Ethan Pringle. Okay. And then we're going to Corrigan. Who knows? I think it was Sean Bailey. And it was Sean Bailey. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I saw him comment with a really questionable take on someone else's posted once that, that sounded along those lines. Okay. I wanted to be like, all right, buddy, and you're like, what are you, 20 years old? Maybe back off if you want to maintain your sponsorships. I mean, his post was honest. I hate to say it, but it wasn't filled with, like, let's all get along. It was like, Posting on Instagram is not going to make a difference. I, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. I find it a, a little interesting how he claims like he has like a small world and he's in a bubble, but yet decided to post this opinion that. Right. Yeah. I guess if you're saying my opinion doesn't matter, then then the logical extension would be don't express an opinion. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um. Here we are. So. Number five, last question, unless we go to bonus round. All right. Lately, I've been training twice a week and spending rest days taking scenic trips while social distancing to local attractions here in North Carolina. I could have posted a training video or a picture of my latest outdoor excursion, but these are the images that you guys cannot see that have dominated my feed and my conscious in the last week. Exactly one week after posting about needing more than hashtags to fight against different forms of racism, social media erupted with the next major hashtag, hashtag George Floyd. It is hard to be optimistic when my community is hurting and in turmoil, fighting for social justice. Images and events like these highlight the circle of fear, pain, and anxiety our community experiences in the face of constant adversity. And frankly, we are tired, tired of watching our people be seamless senselessly murdered without justice being served, tired of relying on systems and institutions that constantly fail us, tired of being the victim. Thank you for the overwhelming support. Please remember, as I said in my previous post, this movement can't end once a verdict has been reached. The goal has to stay focused and, uh, oh, sorry. The goal has to stay focused on preventing the next hashtag from occurring. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Is it? Megan Martin, Kai Leitner, or, and I might uh, get her last name wrong, Fabia Dubik? Does anybody know her last name? I think is it that's how you say it, yeah. Dubik? All right, so is it Megan Martin, Kai Leitner, or Fabia Dubik? And let's see who we're going to go with first. We'll go with uh, Corrigan first. I'm going to go Kai Leitner. Okay. And then Samet? Kai Leitner. All right, and then Lindsay? I'm going to say Megan. Okay, and Mike? Kai. All right, it was Kai Leitner. 
So good job, except for you. Man. I actually saw this one. I knew this one yeah. ahead of time. Exactly. I just knew he lived in North Carolina. Uh, oh, I forgot about that bit. It's just a long post to remember all the details. But <laughs> so the winner was Kevin Corrigan with four points. Nice. We had a two-way tie for second with Lindsay and Mike and Matt. Sorry, buddy. That's all right. That's what I get for not looking at Instagram. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that is it. That was Guess Your Gram. And now we are on to news. Kevin, you got some news highlights for us? Yeah. So I, I think one of the coolest things since uh, companies have not companies, countries have been opening up following their lockdowns is that there's been a lot of really strong female ascents. Uh, we had Melissa Leneve send Action Direct, who is actually the first woman to send the route, uh, which is widely regarded as the first 514D, which went up back in the early 90s. Uh, then we also had Laura Regara just sent Pure Dreaming Plus, which is a 515A. She's the fifth woman to climb 515A. And then uh, I had one more uh, that I... Lost in my tabs. Uh, Orion or Bertone, however you say her name, and she that's, had 15 in Fontainebleau. That's the one. Uh, at age 15, Orianne Bertone sent V15. I can't believe it took that long for Action Direct to get a female ascent. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a little nuts to me. It's one of those things that I, I until the news happened, I just assumed it had already happened. I mean, is it because the climb, like, is out of fashion or something like weren't I just, it baffles me a little bit that such a historic climb took so long I think, I think there's yeah. a lot of easier 14 D's in the world than that one maybe for yeah, sure it's a, it's a benchmark 14 D you know is like whatever the second one in the world to go up so I think it compared to like a 14 D in Spain where it's like 180 feet of v4 and 5 climbing I'm sure on that one you have to pull really a lot harder. So it's like a style that's not quite as in fashion anymore. Yeah, you're dynoing and overhang into like a two-finger pocket. Uh, and the route for being around almost 30 years only has, you know, something like 25 ascents. I think less than 30. Mm -hmm. Was there any video of that, Kevin? Um, there is... I don't remember if there was a clip on Instagram or not, but there's not a video of the full ascent out yet. Okay. I don't uh, think I've heard of someone bouldering their age for a while. Do you remember when that was all the rage, like all the 10-year-olds? Like, yeah. Another 10-year-old bouldered V10. But, yeah. yeah, you're right, Beef. There's a certain symmetry there. I well, there, uh, I'm going to get her, wrong, her name wrong. It was, I think... I want to say Mika Ishiki, the Japanese climber, finally broke the cycle when she did V15 at age 13. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, and the other cool piece of news that we had last week was uh, that the Naked Edge speed record has been broken again by two unknown climbers. Uh, their names were... I have to look all this stuff up because I'm disorganized. <laughs> well, that thing keeps getting like broken like every three to six months. Yeah, but the, the last record stood for four or five years because... Uh, it's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. 
it's bridge to bridge too, right? You have to start at the bridge, run up, solo up, simul climb, and then run down the east slabs. Yep. Yeah. It was uh, John Ebers and Ben Wilbur, two guys in their early 20s living in Boulder. What was their time? Time is 24 minutes and 14 seconds. They took 15 seconds off the record. Does it mention at all how long they trained or how many attempts they had? So I remember Scott Bennett and his partner tried that thing like 20 times or something. No, you know, it, it's kind of vague because one of these guys uh, started trying it with a different partner at least two years ago. Uh, but these two guys together, I think, had only been working it for a few months. And, and their very first time trying it, they actually got kind of close to the record. I think I remember seeing so someone here in Boulder, I won't say his name, had a Facebook or Instagram post about, I think maybe watching, I don't know if it was those guys, someone rehearse it for a speed record. And this was like a month ago or something when we really weren't supposed to be climbing. And there was like a whole diatribe about that. So I wasn't I surprised. That too. Hear, yeah, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. So I was like, oh, I wasn't surprised to hear that there was a new speed record. It sounded like someone was up there practicing. But I don't know. One thing that's interesting is Eldo, Climbing is still strongly discouraged there. At least that's what it says on the mountain project. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, but it's not illegal by any means. But it's sort of odd because they're letting there's hundreds and thousands of hikers in every day, and there's no social distancing and no masks. I was in there Saturday morning briefly, and it was just an absolute. We were there at 8:30, and there's nowhere to park. It's a total junk show. So it's like. Okay, these guys are super competent, can't go speed climb the edge, but these people can kind of like stumble around in the trail and in the road, like taking Instagram selfies like zombies. I don't know. I just, that's just my rant. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we saw some blowback in the comments. Uh, just a couple people were criticizing them for doing what could be considered a risky climbing act during this time. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like once you're opening up climbing to people, you have to expect that people are going to climb like they usually do. Yeah. Probably, well, right? They never opened it or closed it per se. They just said strongly discouraged. But I think it's totally hypocritical on the part of the park to let all these people in who are just basically just dipshits, like stumbling around, you know, whereas someone up climbing, those guys are not going to run into anyone else on the naked edge. They're not going to bump anyone else on the sled. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all just kind of out the window. Yeah. And I mean, speed climbing the edge, I mean, Granted, the hospital situation is a little bit different, but you're still warranting the risk of rescue, irregardless when you're doing the edge That's car to car in 20 minutes. So, yeah, well, the rescues would have to wade through all the zombies down on the road to get to them, and that's where your biggest COVID risk is. Yeah, I mean, and maybe maybe this is me speculating, but the guys they had on hand watching them, like I know some of those guys are mountain guides and definitely have rescue skills in place. Like, if anything, they had their own rescue team on hand in a way <laughs> ready ready to spring into action yeah probably yeah. from the lawn chairs with beer in hand yeah exactly <laughs> we got you we'll be there two two three two three hours yeah i don't know it just seems dumb like just stop saying climbing is discouraged you know like if it's open to everyone else but not to climbers you're not managing your park well you know you're you're being foolish it's hard to pick on one small small user group when you're allowing the the mass larger user group so exactly yeah i mean people are more likely to die taking instagram selfies in the middle of the road or to fall into the creek in there than they are to get hurt climbing i think 
fastest known times for routes to be listed on Mountain Project. I think every route should have a record. <laughs> Even like old sport routes should have them too. Oh, yeah. I mean, most, most of those things are tracked in the comments on Mountain Project. They just don't have an official field on there. Yeah, it should go right below the first descent. Yeah, I feel like it devolves though, because like, what's the, like the proudest speed record? So like, any of the, the the big things in Yosemite, right? Then it's the Naked Edge, and then what? Like Nutcracker in Yosemite, and then maybe the first Flatiron, right? Like, I feel like it just goes down. <laughs> gonna go do some Boulder's fastest known ascent. Yes. Yeah. Monkey Traverse. You can get the fastest known ascent on Monkey Traverse. Oh, I have a lot of work to do before I'm getting that. <laughs> I mean, no one's claimed the record yet, so basically, whatever time you got there in time will be the first record. Yeah, as long as no one's ever brought a stopwatch before, I can get it. I don't believe they have. So you can go up there right now with a crash pad and a watch, and you could set there. You're like, this is the speed record. Well, it's it's still my project, so I I can't yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Physically, once you, yeah. Once you've got it on lockdown, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll time you. I will. I will okay. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be part of that. I'll be in the lawn chair with we'll the, the timer. Yeah. If, I mean, if anything, we're just giving people a time to beat. We're we're motivating yeah. people and starting it off. Exactly. Yeah, we're giving people goals. Yeah, I heard speed speed bouldering was going to be in the Olympics in 2021. <laughs> they revised it, so <laughs> start training now. I've always wanted to go up on uh, on a route like the Young and the Rackless and set the slowest known ascent. Uh -oh. like, like bring a portal edge on this bolted four-pitch route and do it over a few days. There you go. Stop at each belay and hang out. Yeah. You wouldn't have much privacy because that route has a lot of traffic. I mean, you, that is you'd true. Have to, you'd have to accept that you're having, living with other people for a few days. What's the speed record on that? I'm sure there is. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think it's been time. I mean, it's all bolted. You could basically simul climb it with like a 20 foot rope and two quick draws. And you could I bet it'd be really fast. It'd be really fast. Yeah. And you can and you can go like the elusive fourth fourth pitch and go off the top. I think too. You don't even need to do the wraps. So That's it could true. be car to car. You could yeah. run through that horrible talus field. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So another news thing that happened, um, so Mountain Project was sold by REI back to its original owner. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I wonder if that's going to have much effect on the site. Yeah, definitely curious. Um, I, I interviewed Nick Wilder, who is now in control of the site again, over email, and uh, he, he was a little vague on it. He said, for the short term, no one's going to notice the difference, but they have some kind of secret partnership they're going to announce soon. That's all we know at the moment. What do you think that partnership is? Do you know? Do you have any idea? Some people pointed out that they've added the Access Fund logo to their app. That. I, I haven't noticed that myself, but uh, that'd be interesting. That'd be pretty cool if uh, it was being funded by a, a, you know, a charity or nonprofit. Either that or like hot Cheetos or something. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, Kevin, did you have any other headlines? Are we good? That was what I had. All right. Well, thank you guys for another round table and uh, see you guys in a month. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right.